Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined once again for our weekly Zeiss is Right video by Paul Zeiss sports columnist at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Paul, how are you? A lot of topics we're going to get into this week. I'm doing good. I'm surviving. How are you? I am hanging in there. Um, we're going to talk some Steelers linebackers, middle linebackers, after some injuries have left them rather thin at that position. Do they have enough to hold on? Going to get into some Kenny Pickett talk. He's been a, a popular topic for a lot of people this week, especially in Jerry Dulac's weekly chat on postgazette.com. So we're going to have a couple of topics about Kenny Pickett. And then we're going to talk about Penn State, Michigan, the fallout, the firing of Mike Yersich, uh, what this means for James Franklin. Before we do, though, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode of the podcast, which is Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866 866- 593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Paul, I'm going to get into it. The, the Steelers lose Quan Alexander uh, this past week against Green Bay. They lost Cole Holcomb, I believe, in the previous game, or maybe it was two previous games. Or it, was, it was the game against Tennessee. He was carted off. So that leaves them with Mark Robinson and Landon Roberts up the middle. Um is, is that enough for them, Paul? Do you think that they can get you know to the playoffs and, and maybe make some noise while there with, with these two guys playing mainly the starting role? Um, specifically, Mark Roberts is or – or Mark Robinson is a former running back, former seventh-round pick, was always kind of, you know, kind of on the fringes of rosters. Now here he is and literally in the middle of the Steelers' defense. What's your read on that situation? Well, I think one of the things that's interesting is, you know, Mark Robinson's always been one of those guys uh, that – um, people tend to overrate, or at least uh, they think that, well, this is a guy, just give him a shot because he's flashed here and there in preseason games or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I think that when you lose two of uh, three starters, you know, basically you had three starters for two positions, and you lose two of those guys, um, you're going to take a step backwards. Now, Landon Roberts, I think, has gotten better um each week but the one thing about him is he's not really you know his strength is not in coverage i mean he's a thumper he's going to come up and hit you and he's going to come up into the you know into the uh uh you know the the, the holes and he's going to fill the holes and he's going to you know knock people around i mean honestly i, I think we're going to get into it in a little bit but given cleveland's quarterback situation for for sunday i would think that landon roberts should have a really really big game for them uh, for the Steelers, and I think they'll be able to survive probably 
this week. But I don't know that they – I mean, you lose the two guys that were probably a little better in coverage, you know, you're probably going to lose something there. And so I think down, you know, down the road, maybe even next week, don't they play the Bengals next week? Yeah. Uh, when you start talking about a little bit further down the road, yeah, when you start playing teams that throw the ball, I don't know that they're good enough there, Adam. But, you know, the thing about this team is they've shown they're, they're somewhat resilient. Uh, they're resourceful. They find a way to figure it out. I would like to see them go out and get at least one more body at that position. Because, again, I don't know that Mark Robinson is good enough. But I do think that if you have a Landon Roberts, um, you will probably not lose much in the run game. And so, you know, it all comes down to can they do some different things, maybe uh, packages to try and minimize what they lose against the pass. Um, maybe even using one of their safeties come down and play almost like a hybrid linebacker a little bit just to sort of take some of that out, out of the equation. I, I think they're going to have to get, uh, get um, creative, but I think that they're going to be uh, able to do it if and as long as the, you know their defensive line is able to continue to hold up and make plays and maybe, maybe make it a little bit easier on the linebackers as a whole. Do you think that that puts – you mentioned the coverage question, uh, Paul. Do you th- think that puts a lot of pressure on Minka Fitzpatrick to get healthy as, as quickly as possible so that you, you kind of have those options to kind of move people around? Um, you know, obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick can do a lot of things. I don't know if he can do them all at an all-pro level. I, I don't know if he can creep up in coverage and, and kind of cover for those middle linebackers. We've talked about that in the past where, um, you know, he's at his best when he's he's able to, to just kind of create and, and do what he can in the middle of the field. Um, but he does have that capability. Devontae KZ, um, and last year when they had Terrell Edmonds, they found a lot of three safety packages that, that kind of worked for them. Is that ex- how you expect them to, to fill this void somewhat and then why they haven't already made a move as we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon? Well, I think that, you know, obviously that's the thing about Mika Fitzpatrick. You got it. They need to get him back anyway. I mean, forget about helping out the linebackers. You saw what Green Bay was able to do in the passing game um, the other day. There were guys wide open all over the place. I mean, Jordan Love just was basically too incompetent to finish drives. But, you know, they had, what, 399, 400 yards of offense. Um, and, and a lot of it was in the middle of the field, you know, splitting the safeties, uh, miscommunications down the sidelines. I mean, they, they had a lot of issues that obviously getting Minka Fitzpatrick back will, will, will solve. But um, to me, I don't know that you want to go and, and, uh, and rush him back if he's not going to be fully 100% healthy. You'd rather have him for the last four or five weeks and in the playoffs, right, than push him back in here to try and, you know, artificially do something that he's probably not all that capable of doing. I think he can help because he's a good player. Uh, I think he can help in the run game because he's been pretty good, uh, you know, at run support. But you made a a statement there about they haven't made a move as of now. I I don't understand why they haven't. I, 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 you know, I read uh, two days ago, there was Jerry Dulac said basically, they are going to fill the the linebacker void with internal options. I don't know, you know, I, obviously I don't know what's out there on the market, but there always seems to be some guys that are hanging around that are capable. Uh, I would have liked to, like I said, see them go out and get uh, at least one more body, but um, they decided that they're going to go at it like this. So <laughs> this is what, for better or worse, this is what it is. Do you think it's a matter, Paul, maybe of, of them feeling good about Mark Robinson and Landon Roberts this week and, and they don't want to rush into making a move that, that they might regret later on? Um, but but that they're you know they're satisfied with those guys for this week and, and have a chance to to you know evaluate the market a little bit more, or 
or do you really like read into to what Jerry's reporting is that they're truly happy with what they have for now? No, I mean, I think that basically they want to see what it looks like. And, you know, if there was any motivation at all uh, before to say we can we can let it ride this week now, especially with what's going on with the quarterback situation in Cleveland, you I, I would I would basically say, yeah, let's see what this group looks like against the run because they're going to get a heavy, healthy dose of it. Uh, you know, regardless of who's the starting quarterback this week, obviously it's not going to be Deshaun Watson. This is going to be a week where. You know what? Filling the holes and, and thumping and, and 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 stopping the run game is going to be one almost one hundred percent of whether or not they're going to have success or not. Yeah, and I think Paul, it's it's probably a case of if they do bring someone in, you probably want someone who's good in coverage, but that may not be. It's kind of trying to recreate what you had with Cole Holcomb um, and Quan Alexander. Of, of I don't know that any of those guys are like all pro candidate type candidates them, themselves. You know, there's no none of the, there's no Ryan Shazier in that group. But in the aggregate, I think they became a reasonably effective unit, and that's why I would be hopeful that you could find someone who okay, maybe he's not a great run defender. But, um, you know, you, you can slide him in on passing downs and, and he can be capable. Is, is that kind of how you look at it of, yeah, there's not a, a ton that's on the on the waiver wire right now, but it, there doesn't necessarily need to be. You're not looking for Ryan Shazier out there? No, I mean, you, you're not going to get Ryan Shazier. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's there's not out there. You're, but, 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 but my thing is maybe you can get a veteran guy who at least knows how to play and can be a little bit of a plug-and-play guy and, and eat up 15, 10, 15, 20 reps every every game for you, you know, at that position. And maybe he's a little better in coverage than the other two guys, and you can figure out a way to, to work, you know, that guy in because he's a veteran. But you're right. You're not going to find a Ryan Shazier type. There aren't those guys available at this time of year. They're just not going to be out there hanging around. I just think that it's important for them to uh, to to make sure that they have enough depth because what if they get one more injury there? Then what are we talking about? You know, I, I just don't know that they have nearly enough depth now that they've lost their their, their top two guys. Um, but for this week, this is what they're going to ride with. So uh, for better or for worse, we're going to get a real good chance to see what it looks like. Yeah, I am excited to see Mark Robinson. I've been one of those people, Paul, that just wanted to see him get a shot. I, he hits hard. I think he, he plays fast. And, 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 you know, given the Steelers' struggles at that position over the years, I think there is some understandable excitement that maybe he could be, you know, not like an all-pro type of guy, but but a functional linebacker in the middle there for for a few years. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see what he what he's got this week. It'll be a fun thing to watch. I want to get, talk about Kenny Pickett as well, Paul. Um, lots of scrutiny this week because of the way he played a bit against Green Bay. It wasn't great, it, it, but it was also one of his worst games in, in the last handful when the Steelers have been on this winning streak. If you look at his like pro football focus grades for the previous, you know, from beginning at the Baltimore game and, and culminating this week, I think they had him graded as the 13th best passer um, in, in that in that span. Obviously, he had the struggles to open the season, but he seemed to kind of be figuring things out. Is there a little bit of overreaction going on here with this one performance for Kenny Pickett? Um, and do you have hope that it's it's look? You know, I, I don't think anyone's saying he's going to be Ben Roethlisberger in his prime or anything anytime soon, but that he's, he's still showing steady progress to the point that, that you can see it with him. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I don't know if I've seen steady progress. I've seen a guy who is relatively resourceful and gritty, and he basically doesn't turn the ball over so he doesn't hurt the Steelers. I mean, honestly, I I need to see a lot more from him. One one of the troubling things about the other day, and really the last few games, are the number of throws that are there for him to make that he misses. I mean, to me, you know, they're trying to make it as easy as possible for him. They don't ask him hardly to make any difficult throws, and he still misses too many of them. You know, um, that's that's one of the biggest things about uh, about him. It's not about the fact that they're uh, using him as a game manager or that he's not throwing it a lot or that he doesn't have a lot of yards or any of that stuff. It's that they've really dumbed down the offense to a point where he should be able to make certain plays, and he hasn't been able to. Um, now, will that change? It could. I mean, I think he's, you know, I think he's got a chance to be a good player. I, I don't think that, you know, this thing we have to do where you have to take a side, one side or the other, you know, either you're extremely in his corner or extremely down on him. I don't, I don't know that we got to do that, but I think that when you look at him and watch him play, you kind of have to really take uh, into, into consideration the fact that he, if he doesn't get better and he doesn't continue to get better, the Steelers' offense is going to be stuck in neutral. Like, he's been a part of the problem as much as he's been a part of the solution. That You know, when the best thing you can say about a guy is that he's not turning it over and not hurting the team, I don't know that you're really saying a whole lot. I mean, that's sort of the bare minimum. And so uh, I, I feel like we have this conversation all the time. I think that Kenny Pickett has got to get better. You know, whether that's, you know, incrementally, or taking a long, you know, a large leap, whatever. He's got to get better. He's just not, he's not playing well. And he's, and, you know, I'm not at the point where I'm going to say he's not good enough, but he hasn't played well enough. Yeah, no, I, I certainly see the argument, but I, I do think he's, you know, the, he did miss those throws, I think, especially in the in the Tennessee game is the one that comes to mind most for me. Um, you know, but he, he still made some other solid throws to, to keep them in the game, to win the game. Um, and, and I think it just all comes back to this debate, Paul, of, of winning pretty versus winning ugly, which is what the Steelers have kind of, you know, made their living doing. You don't see any of like him and Ben Roethlisberger are not similar players, but Ben Roethlisberger was also not the gunslinger in those first couple of years um, that, that he ended up becoming, you know, later in his career. Um, do you think, do you think that there's any, you know, any of that going on there and that maybe Kenny Pickett has a a lower ceiling than Ben Roethlisberger did, but he still has room to grow? Or do you think at this age, and is that part of the problem with him, because he was at Pitt for so long, that he's as you know, re- reasonably close to his ceiling as he's going to get? 
No, I mean, I think his ceiling is not as high as Ben's, if that's what you're asking me. No, but no, no, I agree. But, I, but I do he, think he, he has, a, has one that's higher than where we are. Yeah, I do think he can be better than he is and where, he, where he's at right now. I do think he should be better. Um, and I do think he's got a chance to, you know, continue to grow and get better. I mean, he, he, he's still very young in terms of an NFL quarterback. But my thing is with him is, you know, they're doing a lot of the same things they did with Ben when Ben was young. Right. You know, trying to win with running game and defense and they're trying to protect him and they're trying to have him not throw the ball. You know what I mean? But one thing that we saw from Ben when he was young was he was able to make big time throws. I mean, when he when he did throw it, you said, OK, this guy has it. You know, I don't know that we've seen that yet from Kenny Pickett. That's the problem. He's made a couple here and there. You know, Baltimore game last year. Was it the Raiders game last year? A couple couple of times he's made some big time throws. But for the most part, he's struggling even to make the easiest throws. So, you know, there is an upside, and I think it's going to get better, and I think he will get better. But I I haven't seen that kind of progress yet to really start to feel like, okay, now he's coming along. If if he doesn't, if this is the quarterback he is for the rest of the season and you don't see major growth between here and the end, I mean, are you at the point where you'd consider a guy like Kirk Cousins in free agency – it's looking to me like they're not going to have a great draft pick to go up and get like a Caleb's Caleb Williams t- type that ship sailed a long time ago. Um, but you might be able to pick up a veteran in free agency. Is that something that you would consider? Or, or do you think Kenny Pickett deserves at least one more year to show what he's got maybe with a different coordinator, if the Steelers move on from Matt Canada? I think that's that, that would probably be the key to me is that if, you know, if they're going to move on from Matt Canada, I would give him one more year. But I think by the end of next year, if you don't have uh, your answer, 100% have your answer, then you have your answer, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to for me. If, if by the end of next year, you don't have a real legitimate answer on Kenny Pickett, and when I say that, I mean by the end of the next year, now you're starting to think about signing him to a second deal, right? If you're not there, then you have your answer. So I would give him another year. I wouldn't go searching for – another player in the draft or anything like that. I, I I would be more than willing to give him one more year, especially if they make the playoffs this year or, you know, they win nine, 10 games, which they're probably going to. I would say give it another year, another off season, another coordinator, and let's see what happens. Yeah. I think the danger, Paul, is if you, you know, once you get into what it'll be year four after next year, if he, if he hasn't shown you anything, then you're kind of getting into Mitch Trubisky territory with him, right? Like he'll be like 27, maybe, I don't know exactly what age he'll be, maybe 27, 28. Um, and, and, you know, Mitch Trubisky kind of had that expiration date, and I, I could see Kenny Pickett falling into a similar trap unless he really starts to show signs here over this next year and a half. Paul, last NFL topic I have for you, I know you wrote a column about uh, Buffalo and what a mess they look uh, look right now. Um, how do you stack up this AFC in, in terms of these seven teams that are going to make the playoffs? And do you think Buffalo is going to be in that group as of right now? I do not. I don't know. I don't think they're going to make it. And I'll tell you why, Adam, they've got five losses already. I looked at their schedule. I mean, I, I want to say literally that like they've got like Philadelphia, Kansas city. I think they've got Dallas. They've got, uh, they're on the road against the chargers, which the chargers aren't great, but the chargers aren't chopped liver either. It's a, it's another really difficult game for them. You know, they've, if you, I think they're at my, I think they still have to go at Miami too. I mean, if you look at their schedule, uh, I, I, they're going to have to be incredible just to get to nine wins. 
And, 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 and I don't know that, that you know, with the, it sounds like it's a team that's falling apart at the seams. You know, we've got, you know, Stefan Diggs is upset. He doesn't want to be there. Uh, you know, Josh Allen has asked to do way too many things for them. Um, and it's now falling apart. The, you know, the head coach is, you know, basically just fired the offensive coordinator, but the offensive coordinator isn't the idiot that, you know, uh, screwed up, uh, had 12 men on the field and a couple of other things that Sean McDermott has done in not just this game, a number of other games. I mean, to me, I think the bills, you can put a fork in them. Honestly, I think they're one team you take out of the equation and say, you don't have to worry about them because they're not going to be in the, in, in, in the, uh, formula. I think you've got Miami winning that division. Uh, I still think, for for whatever reason, I still kind of feel like the Ravens will win the South uh, or the North. I mean, uh, the Jacksonville will probably win the South, although Houston's coming, and, and Kansas City. Those are your four teams, and now you've got three wild cards. I think the, I think the Steelers are in a really good position, to be honest, uh, to get one of those wild card spots. Yeah, do you feel like if I told you the group would be Houston, the Steelers, and Cincinnati for those last three wild card spots? I, I mean, does that sound like does that sound like the AFC playoff field for you right now? And and are there any other teams on the schedule or on the slate that you said could do it now that Deshaun Watson's hurting out for the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think those would be the three that I would say are probably the three most likely. Right? Um, the Chargers can't figure out how to win. I, I watched that team play. They're the anti-Steelers. Every game is close, but for whatever reason, they make whatever plays they need to make to lose it instead of win it. So I don't see them getting on a, a run and, and getting there. The Jets are terrible. I don't care. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing about the Jets. They stink. Uh, the Bills would be the only other team I'd think, you know, maybe if they got on a run and played to their capabilities and started winning, maybe. But again, their schedule is so difficult. I can't see that happening. So those would be the three logical teams that I would tell you are going to be in the playoffs. And and Houston, to me, would be dangerous in a playoff game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I've been regretting for weeks, Paul, not picking up uh, Tank Dell for my fantasy team. I, I had a good feeling about him, and after watching the way he played against the Steelers and never quite pulled that trigger, I think he had his, had some injuries too. Uh, but that that's a good connection that they have there. Certainly the Steelers would look a lot better if they had a connection between C.J. Stroud and, and Tank Dell. Um, Paul, we're going to get into some uh, college football now, specifically Penn State, Michigan, and the fallout from that game. Before we do, just want to thank a couple more sponsors. Um, if you were diagnosed with mesothelioma and lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction of, at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, Paul, Penn State falls short again, um, very similar to the Ohio State game. Never really felt like they were going to win, even though they were within a one-score you know, game for most of the way. Um, what does James Franklin have to do in the next couple of years to earn that next big extension? Because uh, I really feel like his seat's not exactly hot quite yet, um, and, and I think that's primarily because of the playoff expanding and Penn State knowing you have a guy who can get you into the top 12. Uh, I think if it was if the format was staying the same, it was a four-team format, I think it would be a lot hotter, but I think there's a willingness to see what he can do in this next era. But – is getting to the playoff enough or, or do you have to start winning some of those games 
to, to prove that, that he's the guy that should be Penn State's coach for the next decade? Well, I mean, I think if you think about it, it, it you know, he. I think we've had this conversation before. I think if he gets to the playoff, if he keeps winning 10 games, 11 games every year, I think people at Penn State are going to be really happy. Fans, it might not be good enough for fans, but the people who run the university are going to be happy because it's going to be good enough to continue to sell out the stadium and there'll be, you know, plenty of uh, donations coming in and Penn State will be in the playoff every year. Yeah, you've got to win a playoff game here and there, you know, but 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 at the same time, by the same token, um, if, if you're there and you get there, um, you're probably going to by accident win one or two. It's not like Notre Dame where when they get into the playoffs or they got into the playoffs, it was only four teams. So they generally had to play either the second or the first best team. I mean, the if Penn State, you know, I'm assuming there's going to be a bye week, right? So Penn State finishes, say, seventh or eighth. They're going to play, what, the, the eighth or ninth you know, team. It's going to be different than having to play, you know, the two or you know, one or the two. So my point is I think he'll, he will win some playoff games. Uh, but against, you know, Michigan, it was just uh, the offense. First of all, I think his game – I think James Franklin's game management is – I'm going to say uh, he's very average at that part of the game, and that's probably being kind. Um, I don't think he's very good at decision-making. I, I didn't understand the, the, the thought process of going for two when you just got to within, you know, basically by going for two, and I get, you know, there are some people who say, well, you'd rather have enough time to know, but you didn't have enough time. So you, only, you knew you, you, you could only have one more possession, maybe, to score to tie the game. So why not make it a one-possession game? It makes no sense to me. But, 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 but here's the other thing. The offense is so prehistoric or was so prehistoric. Either they're so afraid to let Drew Lars really throw the ball or he can't. And either way, you got to get a new quarterback, which I don't think they're going to do because he's a five-star, you know, young, young five-star kid. Well, to me, I watched that game. Michigan basically said, we have zero fear of Penn State's offense. So even though we've got one of the best quarterbacks in the, in, in, in the country, the only way Penn State's going to get back in this game is if he makes a mistake and we throw an interception. So let's run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and be content to punt if we have to. And that's what they did. Um, so, you know, Penn State, I think physically, they were a little overmatched up front, uh, especially on the defensive side. I thought Michigan was able to, you know, really just grind them and grind them and grind them and push them and, and all that other stuff. But they've got to get a more dynamic offense. They've got to figure out how to develop quarterbacks better than they have. They've got to get to a point where their offense is catching up with their defense. And, and, and that starts with who they hire at the offensive coordinator spot. Is there anyone that comes to mind for you, Paul, of, of people you'd like to see in that spot? Uh, well, I'd probably pick up the phone. I know this would probably make Pitt fans mad, but I'd probably pick up the phone, call UNLV, and get uh, Brendan Mary and see if he's interested in coming back, right? I mean, wh why not? The guy obviously put together an incredible offense for UNLV. It's an easy step up. It's the kind of college offense that you want. You know what I mean? It's it's the way college football is being played. And, and I, I mean, I would probably make that phone call just to see, hey, uh, would you be interested in coming? <laughs> it'd be a long shot, but here's the other one. If Chip Kelly gets fired, why not? I mean, I don't know if he'd be willing to come back and be a, co a coordinator in college, but you know what? If he wants to work, 
Why not? He's another guy probably running, you know, he's running an offense the way it needs to be run. So, I mean, I think there are options out there, but those are the kind of guys that I would be looking for is one of those really good college coordinator, you know, with the, with the, with a really good handle on how college football is played nowadays. Yeah. That's the second time I've heard Marion suggested in some of the conversations I've had this week. Um, you know, and he's, he had had those connections to Jordan Addison. I, I think we know, how that turned out for, for Pitts. So I think there's a lot to like there. Um, Paul, let me ask you this about Drew Aller, and I asked Seth Engel this on our Penn State video, um, but do you think James Franklin makes this move to fire Mike Yersich if if he's not content with the possible outcome of ending up with, with Drew Aller transferring? Because to me, I, I don't think you – if you want to make this kid happy, I think you keep Mike Yersich for another year. You saw what he did with the offense last season – um, you know, Penn State was explosive. They they found things. Mike Yersich was well regarded up until I don't know the last month. You know, and and, and I wonder if I wonder if it's partly a, a, a an indictment in Franklin's view of Drew Aller that he was willing to move on from the coordinator and almost dare Drew Aller to leave um, if he really wants to. Yeah, I mean I, I, that's an interesting dynamic, and I you know I don't know necessarily. I think James Franklin basically knew that you know he needed to he needed to find he needed to find somebody to be sort of the uh, the fall guy you know and take the blame for what's going on and you know what you've got a five star kid a young kid it's up to the coordinator and the offensive staff to develop him and so I think in in in, in firing him he's basically saying that um, we need to find somebody that's come in and that's going to come in and do a better job of developing this kid um, but again. Coaches don't get stupid overnight. And that's the thing that drives me crazy about this move is I thought they had a good offense last year. And so to me, is Franklin holding the offense back is a good question. You know, uh, is Franklin basically telling him, listen, we want to slow, you know, uh, the, the progress of our quarterback down because we don't want him making mistakes because we've got a good, you know, the, the whole Steeler thing because we've got a good defense and all that other stuff. Um, but to me, I think Aller is the kind of guy who's probably smart enough to know that his best bet is staying where he's at, seeing who they hire and then staying where he's at. Um, and I think Franklin probably knows that or sensed that, which is why he made the move he made. I should add some context here for those who don't know. Drew Aller was, had a relationship with Mike Yersich going back like five years to when he was in high school. Um, so, so those guys went way back and, and he, Drew Aller came to Penn State to play for Mike Yersich. So that's why I, I speculate on, on what, you know, the firing means for, for Drew Aller. And I also say this because, and I, again, I said this on the Penn State video, they speak glowingly about Bo Pribula. He's got that number nine like Trace McSorley has. He's got kind of that that running profile that, that Trace McSorley had. Um, there's part of me that wonders that if, if you know, that James Franklin doesn't prefer um, Bo Pribula just because of, of his makeup. And, and I, you know, I think there's some validity also, Paul, to what you said about um, is James Franklin holding the offense back? I wonder if that Ohio State game last year got to him where they had the lead with eight minutes to go and then, um, you know, Sean Clifford turned it over too many times and, and it snowballed out of control and Penn State lost by like 20 points, even though they were winning the game, you know, close to the end. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's some validity to what you're saying of, of him saying, I'm not going to do this again with the sophomore quarterback. We're going to play this close to the vest. So, um, yeah, interesting times in Happy Valley. We'll be talking about it every week on, on this podcast. Um, 
Paul, I'll get you out of here on this. Do you think Penn State can match up with an Alabama, an Ole Miss, a Mizzou, other teams that you mentioned would be in that like eight, nine range next year? Do you look at those as teams that, that James Franklin could beat now and then in theory next season and it's just a matter of getting away from Ohio State and Michigan? Or if I say the word Alabama to you, do you still say, ooh, I don't know if James Franklin's got that in to beat Saban in a game that counts? Well, for one thing, I think Alabama, if you've watched them, nobody seems to be talking about them. Um, they have gotten – I mean, I've, the last three weeks I've watched them, they've started to look like Alabama. So let's take them out of the equation because I actually think it's not about Nick Saban. It's about the fact that I think Alabama is really, really good. Um, and I think that basically uh, their offense is a lot better than Penn State's offense, and so they would probably win that game. Ole Miss, yeah, they could beat Ole Miss. Who else is in that in that category right there? Uh, seven, eight. I mean, uh, seven, eight, nine. I mean, I don't even know who's in that. Who's it? Louisville? I think is ten. Aren't they? Aren't they ten or eleven? Louisville's really? in that mix. Texas is in that mix. Oregon you know, State's in that mix. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think Penn State could play against any of those teams. You know, it's a matter of would they make the plays they needed to make to win. You know, that, that that's that's the thing about it, and and that requires. James Franklin, I mean, basically, to uh, uh, get better at game management because those games are close games. And a lot of times, one or two bad decisions or one or two wrong decisions is what's the difference between winning and losing games. So, um, yeah, those teams, I, I, I think that Penn State could absolutely play with it with those teams. I mean, they played with Ohio State. Uh, I, I thought, I, I know this was an unpopular opinion. They played with Ohio State. And actually, I thought they really had a chance to win that game. I felt like Michigan was just better. Michigan just kind of dominated them. I, I don't. I, I think Michigan, you know, uh, was just better. Uh, but Ohio State, they played with them, you know, right, and they they had a chance to win that game. I think if they played Ole Miss, I think I would probably pick Penn State to win that game. You know, um, there's only a few teams that are probably right now that I'd say, you know what, that team is better than than Penn State, um, and Penn State really couldn't play with them. Not many though. But there's a few. I mean, Georgia, obviously. I think Penn State would struggle with Oregon, believe it or not. I think they actually wouldn't struggle. It's weird. Washington beat Oregon. But I think Oregon would be a tougher game for Penn State than Washington. Um, so there's a few few games like that. But for the most part, they could play with anybody. Yeah, that's why I think it's important, Paul, that Penn State make a New Year's Six Bowl game, possibly beat one of those teams and make a statement that, yeah, we could win a playoff game next year um, and, and have that going into the offseason. I know that's not what a lot of Penn State fans want to hear. I know that's what a lot of Penn State critics don't want to hear, that this would matter. But I, I do think you, you need to establish something at the end of the season going into next year. And if you can get that win against one of those teams, um, I, I think it points to your potential moving forward. Paul, but thanks for joining me this week. Another great conversation. Paul and I will be back on Sunday after Steelers-Browns. Uh, we'll be streaming live here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel. Uh, that'll also end up on our podcast feed. So make sure you're uh, signed up, subscribed for that. Also, like this video if you enjoyed it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. Um, and then Paul and I will be also again back next week on Thursday. So um, lots of good talk to come. North Shore Drive with Christopher Carter will be here on Friday. So um, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you all again soon. We'll see you. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com. <laughs>